0: Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. i stop. This is what you get with this f***ing Honestly, I've gussed it. I've absolutely gussed it. I enjoy this so f- much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome in, everybody. It's another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1, our podcast that we break down F1 here stateside. Anybody listening in, we appreciate you joining the program. Uh, tell a friend, teach a neighbor about F1 and about the podcast, and uh, we're just going to jump in. and just We have so many things to get into because we haven't done this for about three weeks now. Dan Jimenez, my co-host, as usual, at the other end of all of this. Dan, we, I mean... We got a break, but the reality is we were both like at our actual jobs. And so I don't feel like (laughs) I technically we could work in an F1 team because we didn't touch any cars this uh, this entire break. So I feel like we kept all the rules.
1: Yeah, we did as much uh, work on an F1 car as everybody else (laughs) over the last (laughs) month. But I'm excited to be back. It feels like Christmas Eve. Got the 10 race sprint to the end. And uh, yeah, lots to be excited about.
0: Is there a lot to be excited about? Are we supposed to think that something is magically changed over the break that would at least bring, or are we just throwing Max Verstappen's brilliance and amazing racing out the window just so we can enjoy some version of close racing everywhere else 2 through 20?
1: I think you have to, and it's the only way I can get through the next 10 races is <laughs> it just it, it, admire the uh, spectacle of Max, you know, of what is Max Verstappen right. and then get excited about two through 20 and what the implications for kind of getting ready for ne- hopefully what will be a more competitive uh, driver's championship next year.
0: Uh, I love how we're like, you know, next year will be great. Anyway, see you then, everybody. This guy could be breaking <laughs> every record that's in the books. Uh, no problem. See you next year. Hopefully, everybody is uh, getting their wind tunnel time and actually making a difference in cutting that down. Uh, those prayers may or may not be answered for F1 fans, but uh, I know that a couple things we're going to be doing today. We could jump into if there were any changes during the what they call the silly season normally. Uh, the hirings and firings of drivers or the announcement of who's going to be back next year, who's not going to be back next year. Uh, I, and also, Dan has put together a little bit of a uh, a money. We do this kind of every year, I feel like. There's, there's, there's kind of a money episode where we talk about how much each one of these drivers are projected to make, and that's always interesting. And you, know, you kind of put that against what some of the American athletes are making or what uh, some of the European players who've decided to play in Saudi Arabia are making uh, in soccer, whatever it might be. All of those kind of rolled into one, so we've got uh, a fun episode planned out here for you. But we've got a race, actually, this weekend. They head to the Netherlands. This is the actual home race for Max Verstappen. Uh, not Belgium. Uh, not Because uh, was not there, like, a fake thing there where they're like, oh, well, he was born in Belgium. Or it's like— I, Born in
1: Belgium, like <laughs> German ancestry, right. self-identifies right. as Dutch. Right, I don't know. and, and
0: then confusing. goes, yeah, but it's also the home race. in uh, It's also the home race when they're there at the Hungary or, or at the— uh, uh, you know, at the at the Red Bull ring, that's a home race, too. Yeah. OK. Sure. And then we're in the Netherlands and it's a home race for Max as if, as if he needs more home field advantage when it comes to his races. I don't know what this track does compared to the others. Kind of give us a breakdown of what uh, Zamvoort stands for in terms of giving us a little bit of a, a possibility of a fun race.
1: Yeah. Zandvoort is a cool track. There's a lot of history to Zandvoort. Um, Formula One has raced there for a long time, but then there was a big, like a multi-decade break. uh, And then we started racing there again, two seasons ago, I believe. And they did a a kind of a pretty big track reconfiguration, uh, including adding some like high banking corners. So I like Zandvoort just because of like my NASCAR roots. There's a couple turns with, you know, some pretty aggressive banking. There's a, in the first sector, there's like a 180 degree turn. That's probably somewhere in the 20 degree banking, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're out there on the track, it feels like, you know, vertical. And then the last corner is pretty high banked and they can hit that thing, you know, full open throttle. Um, So I I like that from just like the kind of entertainment factor. It's a very, I think, visually appealing uh race to watch but unfortunately i think the last two years there hasn't been a ton of passing so hopefully they can mess with the drs zones or something to spice it up or maybe you know it's a new tire compound that can can spice things up a little bit in terms of passing but uh yeah it's it's a home race for max um uh and you know we're probably most likely going to have to hear the dutch national anthem twice this weekend (laughs) at, at the start and at the end of the race
0: I'm looking at track temp, or not track temperatures, just temperatures in general. And I saw something that I kind of liked, Dan. Possibility of rain and thunderstorms both Saturday and Sunday. So, Mm. yeah, there's going to be, apparently, this is the hourly forecast for Sunday, as if an hourly forecast uh, four days out is going to matter. But uh, it has rain, thunderstorms, 70% uh, chance of precipitation between... Uh, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. for that day. So that could be good nice. qualifying. There's rain through. And then it has it has cl- uh, it has partly cloudy at, uh, you know, around 4 o'clock. So you could probably have maybe part of the front end of the race, maybe a couple spin-outs or something like that. Uh, again, the weather will be whatever it's going to be. It is relatively cool there, even this time of year. And so it's not like a hot, hot place where tire degradation, like, ends up being, uh, uh, you know, a huge deal. But it says the whole day on Saturday, the possibility of rain is uh, about 80%. So those are the only things we have, Dan, is just go, you just pray for rain and hope that the grid looks a little bit weird come Sunday morning.
1: If it does rain, I'm going to keep an eye on McLaren because at Spa, when we had the little bit of rain right there in the middle of the race, mm-hmm. like Lando really just came to life and started picking up a bunch of time and places. And then as soon as it dried off, he like, you know, slowed down again. So I think they were surprised. Um and how well they performed uh, when it got wet. So might be another opportunity for them to to be competitive if it rains again this week. But overall, Zandvoort is a you know high downforce track, um, not a lot of, uh, you know, there's the longest straight is the front stretch and it's relatively, you know, pretty average. And then everything else is really twisty, turny at high speeds. So again, going to, you know, play into Red Bull's advantage at being able to do the high downforce and low drag thing at the same time. But um, it's also, you know, three, four weeks since our last race, and a lot of updates um, should be coming. And so it's it's uh, probably a mixed bag on 2nd through 20th on on how it all shakes out.
0: What kind of updates do happen? Like, is it – I mean, is it kind of all the way across the board? Do they plan for the first race after the summer to be, like, for a lot of big upgrades, or is it something that more gets kind of trickled through? And when do upgrades stop coming to races, Dan? Because that's one thing, too, that I go – all right, every race they go, ooh, they got an update this weekend. And I'm always like, well, like when are you going to stop doing updates and just race or bring out all of the big guns that you supposedly have been uh, testing and you have? Do Is this one of those races where everybody brings a lot of upgrades to it?
1: Yeah, the you stop bringing upgrades when you run out of budget, and so people are <laughs> starting to run out of budget from the cost cap for the yeah, year. Yeah, yep. And so, um, you know, some teams might have front-loaded it with a, a bunch of R&D in the, at the beginning of the season. Um, but I would, I, it's we're nearing the point where we're going to stop seeing upgrades because now they're uh, going to be turning to next season mostly in their development. Um, I was reading articles today that like Ferrari's going to spend every uh, FP2 for the rest of the season doing like experimental setups. So FP1, they'll kind of get their race trim figured out. And then FP2, they're just going to like start throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks which will be interesting so that's a bit of a transition to like not kind of giving up on the year but it's like we know what we have for this year so let's start throwing things you know at the wall and in fp2 you might find something that you're not necessarily going to be able to use that weekend or even this season but it'll educate you for next season so we're we're seeing the transition of teams kind of um, knowing where they're going to land in the constructors championships and and you know upgrades will start to slow down but Uh, This is the last big wave because it's one you can plan on from the beginning of the season. You know, when you're going to have the break, when you're going to be able to manufacture all these parts and, and uh, roll them out. And hopefully we're getting to the point where Red Bull's um, limitations on their aero development time from having finished first and their penalty from last year is catching up to them and everyone else can start to make ground because they can continue to uh,
0: develop in the wind tunnel. So, The silly season does bring us some hirings, firings, things like that. There are, you know, teams that outside of the cockpit of the, you know, the actual racers and maybe, you know, big names, uh, you know, inside the garage. There are teams that are kind of shifting some things around. But in terms of names being added and subtracted from seats in F1 over the break, or at least what we found out about what that's going to look like, was there anything wild that happened during the break that we can uh, say, oh, that's going to change something for that team this season or maybe for uh, next year?
1: Yeah, so we have seven drivers who have contracts expiring at the end of this year. Hamilton, Hulkenberg, Magnuson, Sonoda, Danny Rick, uh, Joe Guanyu, and Logan Sargent. And just today uh, they announced that both the Haas drivers, Hulkenberg and Magnussen, are coming back next year. Hey. So two, two of the seven taken care of. So That's kind of a and- shock,
0: isn't it, that K-Mag – I mean, who's been really underperforming. Yeah, I don't feel like he's earned it. Yeah. No, I, it's like they like their combo of the two drivers. I certainly, and we talked about this, I think, before the break too, feels like Hulk really has outperformed what the expectations would have been while K-Mag went the other direction this year.
1: Yeah, I am with you. I, I am surprised by that, but you could also think like, um, I, I think that there's also a rumor I'd heard that um, Sauber could potentially be looking at Haas as a place to hang out um af- between the Alfa Romeo and the Audi contracts. So there's a, a I think like a 2 year split where Salber doesn't really have um like a home. Right. And so um no no no, I have this backwards. It's Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo is looking at Haas, so it would be Alfa Romeo Haas ah. while Salber gets ready for Audi. So, apologize. correction. So it could we could have an Alfa Romeo Haas organization ah. here soon, which is could be interesting. So maybe there's just so much up in the air that like Hey, the drivers—they're good enough. That's not the problem. Let's figure out, you know, some other things and get better funding.
0: Well, and you think about uh, who's available. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, don't you want a guy who's been? And obviously, there's probably a level of comfort there uh, with Gunter and uh, K. Mag and Hulkenberg. It was a likely, it was an unlikely pairing at the beginning of the year, but I think overall the team has absolutely outperformed what maybe the thought of what they were going to do this year was. So. Haas uh, ends up signing those guys up for another year. Uh, are there anybody, is there anybody else to get, did anybody else get a one-off or uh, like, do we know anything about Lewis's situation? Cause I know that's one that everybody's looking at. No,
1: the, just more kind of rumor that it's, you know, in the talks are, are happening. It's all in discussion, but nothing concrete yet, which is surprising. Same for Charles. There were rumors that like a deal had already been done. And then he, He um, squashed those rumors today in the press conferences that they're not going to talk about it until next year. Now his contract doesn't end until the end of 2024. So he has time, but uh Yeah, there's. it's interesting. This has been a quieter August in terms of the silly season movements than prior years. And you feel like, you know, last year Vettel's retirement was the domino, the first domino that fell that kind of threw everything into chaos. And I don't feel like that domino hasn't fallen yet. You know, there's not, uh, I mean, the Ricardo coming in for DeVry was something, but that was a one for one. But there hasn't really been uh, until we know that somebody isn't coming back next season uh, that we just might see a bunch of people kind of holding their their cards close to their chest.
0: Uh, As you look at some of the other moves that have been made by some of the teams in the, uh, you know, during the break here, is there anything else that uh, I guess could point to any changes being made that, you know, I think that the idea of adding a couple more teams, I think that we had talked about how I can't remember what the cap is, or if the FIA had put it, that there is room available for, is it two more teams that they, two more they teams, can have yeah, 12 teams in F1? Okay. Yeah. So is there anything outside of the actual grid right now? Did they have any other movement when it came to some of these other teams and the possibility of, cause you know, Cadillac, uh, Andretti was thrown out there and, you know, I think we have the possibility of other teams floating around there, but any movement on that at all?
1: Um, just that we've heard that, um, the FIA has accepted, quote unquote, accepted applications from several teams which I guess means good job. You did your paperwork <laughs> and we still have to figure it out, uh, with, with the teams with formula one management themselves, because they have to get the teams to agree to uh, an addition, um, uh, of a team or two. So I think that we're in a bit of a holding pattern and there's been, um, kind of hints at before the end of the season, having, uh, an announcement there on teams being added for 2026. So, uh, no, nothing substantial yet other than we know that I, I, the feeling we get is that the FIA is really pushing for it. And then the the Formula One teams themselves are holding out what I think is for more money from these teams that are entering to buy in and in kind of well, well, bigger expansion.
0: They could also, if we've learned anything from college football realignment, then holding out also for the entire payout for the entire group um, – from a TV standpoint, maybe you go, hey, look, if we're adding these other teams, uh, if you finish second, you should go up, Like you know, to to, to basically make the spread of how much money they're paying out uh, on a yearly basis. Because if I'm those guys, I don't just try to carve out, you know, some extra money at the beginning that they're going to be able to distribute to some of these teams, but also kind of going forward, like, hey, we got more teams that we're going to be sharing the track with here. We should be increasing some, uh, some of these payouts on – uh, these constructors' titles, so that we can get more money as well, mm-hmm. and then you know, uh, and, and then probably also it's a time where they could put their elbows out on the cost cap as well, and go, come on, we got we gotta increase the cost cap even more here. And I know they probably have increments that they go up, but they can probably negotiate. Hey, this is something a little bit different. We're adding these two other teams. Let's uh, let's figure out basically everybody getting paid more and more more time more time in the tunnel or more time uh, or more money to be able to spend in your cost cap and. If that hard cap gets uh, increased, I think that's better for everybody. I like that the co- the cost cap is across the board for everyone, but just do like the collective bargaining agreements do with all the other major sports here. Uh, I'm not sure how it's done in Europe. Just just keep increasing it by X amount, X percentage every mm-hmm. year, and then you'll be able to kind of look at it and go, "Oh, we're okay with that," because this year it goes up another 15 million dollars, 18 million dollars, 30 million dollars that we're able to spend on our cap, you know, for, for the leagues that do have hard cap. So. Uh, that's probably also it's all about the money Dan I don't know if you knew
1: that about the sports uh it it is actually yes all about the money and another piece of evidence of that is uh news this week is that uh formula 1 has dropped the uh requirement for the uh restaurants and bars up and down the strip in Vegas to fork up 1500 oh, bucks thank per, per person so that won't be uh,
0: passed that won't be passed on to you and I when we're trying to sneak on the track they're uh, now doing a, a bar. flat a, it's only
1: a flat 50 grand now so it was going to be fifteen hundred per person, oh, wow. and if you have a hundred people, that's one hundred fifty grand. Now they're saying no, just just a flat fifty k we will take care of it. Don't worry about it. Who so. negotiated
0: that deal? Man, <laughs> that's wild. See, and I thought they were just going to be generous and be like, "You're right, it's coming to Vegas for the first time. Let's be nice to everybody." But they yeah. know they know there's <laughs> money floating around there somewhere. They're like, these yeah. casinos can probably handle it. Uh, MGM can probably handle it for. But th- what that means is MGM for all the properties they have. That's probably, you know, how many uh, I don't know how many properties mm-hmm. they have up along up and down the strip there, but they're going to be paying big ticket, a yeah. half a million to a million bucks just to be able to, uh, you know, let people look at their track while they walk by. How dare they, uh, those peasants <laughs> watching the watching the race without without paying the uh, their just due. Uh, speaking of money, let's talk about how how much these uh, these drivers are making in uh, in these next new contracts and what numbers look like. In the economy of what drivers get paid in F1,
1: yeah, it's good to be an F1 driver. Um, maybe we start from the bottom and work our way up. So, uh, at the one million dollar a year tier, we have uh, and this is coming from Racing News 365 on Twitter. So, these are estimates. Uh, at the one million dollar tier, you got Logan and Yuki. Makes <laughs> sense. I feel yes. like Yuki's maybe getting a bit underpaid there.
0: Uh, is it his third year?
1: I think so. He's his third year, and he's on par with Logan Sargent. I don't
0: know. That's hard. Uh, I think Alpha Tower is uh, it just as just. Kind of, you're kind of peeking under their skirt a little bit, and knowing that they just don't have a lot of dough. You know what I mean? And not that Williams yeah. is flush with cash either, but I think that they got an infusion from you know some uh, some American investors, and I think that they may have been able to be like, "Hey, look, we can get at least a little bit of a better driver if we pay him a million bucks." Because these numbers last year we were talking about. Or between uh you know 750 and a million so there were guys that were getting paid you know 450 and 750 last year.
1: Yeah, the floor has come up. Um I did notice that Good as well. Okay, at the two, 2 million tier, you've got uh Oscar Piastri rookie doing pretty well, 2 million. He's making twice as much as Logan. Uh jo Yu and then Nick DeVries contract was oh. for 2 million. I thought you were so, going
0: I thought you were going to I thought you weren't going to talk about he who cannot be named. Yeah. But but so, hey, you know what? They got to pay it. I'm sure they had to pay him out. I'm sure they had to yeah, cut some yeah. some version of a check for him.
1: Something like that. Oh, and we should come when we get to Ricardo, we should talk about that cuz there's a conspiracy <laughs> oh, theory my. floating around about Ricardo which is interesting. Um okay. So, DeVre 2 million, uh, uh Hulkenberg and Lance Stroll. So, the, all those guys are at the $2 million tier. Dude, and I think let I babe, don't
0: know. baby Lance Getting yeah, hosed by on, da- dad, by Papa. That's a ba- that he's been a bad boy. That's not a good uh, allowance there.
1: Yeah, to up <laughs> the allowance. Jeez, dude. Okay, uh, okay. Up just above those guys at three million. You have Alex Albon. Um, feels about fair, man. Yeah. It's Williams, uh, Kevin Magnuson five million compared to Nico at two. Is interesting because Nico, like we just said, yeah. Nico's outperformed him.
0: There was a weird time when when K Mag came in, and I think that this was the result of the desperation that they were in, because this is a holdover from that. You remember when they brought K mag in, it was like, dude, we don't have anybody. Right. Wasn't that the idea? It was like, we don't have mm-hmm. someone. And they pulled him basically out of, uh, you know, from his family. That was kind of, I think the way he pitched it. Right. Whereas it was like, Oh, I'm getting pulled away from my family. Let's, uh, let's figure this thing out here. So I think that I remember it was five last year, uh, as well. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also at five million, you have Pierre Gasly and Fernando Alonso. Only at five, that is so surprising to me.
0: Uh, I wonder if he took a little bit of a pay cut. He pulled an Aaron Rodgers here, Hall of Famer, uh, <laughs> graciously going to a green team. And waving at everybody, and now suddenly he's kind of nice too. This there are a lot of similarities that I'm just now yeah, thinking uh, of. With yeah, all that's this. actually a really good, really <laughs> so, good comparison. And, and took that a make, pay cut. Took a pay cut. I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Took, Does
1: that make Lance stroll Zach Wilson? Because <laughs> I guess there's some similarities <laughs> yeah, there. It could be.
0: Could be. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about that, that's exactly what happened, and that's why he's being all nice. And it's so weird, and no one is used to this guy. And Zach Wilson is the is the Lance Stroll in all this. We nailed this, dude. Like this is a perfect analysis. We nailed this. Oh, and he's like, I'm not getting paid very much. And all he's trying to do is copy off of him and he's giving him tips. Hey man, that was a nice turn around uh, that around that uh <laughs> on that on that third corner. I saw it up on the big screen. Like that is this is exactly what's going on. Perfect. Perfect analysis. <laughs> that's great. And that's we, why we it's made, only unlocked. That's it. why it's quote unquote only five million. Only what a, 5 what million. a generous yep. soul, yeah.
1: Uh, 6 million. You have Esteban Ocon. Um, so he's making a more than one more 1 million more than Gasly. Okay. Uh, then George Russell at eight and Valtteri uh, 10. Yeah. So Joe, Joe Gwainu two and Valtteri making 10.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of it is, is because what are Valtteri's all time wins uh, mm-hmm. in formula one? I mean, that's it. When you talk about the guy has won, I've already got it for you. He's entered 213 races He's got ten Formula One wins, wins and sixty-seven podiums. Uh, not a lot
1: of guys on the grid with that. No, statue.
0: you get a million bucks per win. There you go. That's what there it is go. for him. Perfect. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's got to get paid uh, more yeah. than Guan You, but uh, ten million now, considering what he's kind of done this year, Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Um, okay. Also at ten million, Sergio Perez, mm. uh,
1: and then Carlos signs at twelve. Okay, it's kind of the next tier. All right. Now we start getting to, into the like the real whales here. So you've got <laughs> Lando at 20, which good for Lando at his age, making 20 million. Is he not worth it? Uh, I I think so. I think you're kind of buying an option on Lando. If we can get our car right, then yep. he could run for a championship. I think, but, I
0: think you're exactly right. Yeah. If you're going to talk about guys with just pure raw talent, he's going to be in the top four, I think, right? In that discussion. And mm-hmm. so he probably should be paid in the top four.
1: Yep. Uh, $24 million for Charles Leclerc. Not worth um. it.
0: Is that <laughs> yeah. wrong? Like, honestly, we should have a moving target here. And Leclerc should be paid less than Lando Norris this year. Right? I know <laughs> I Ferrari is right. Ferrari. Yep, yep. Charles Leclerc has been a flop because a lot of his issues have come from his own driving mistakes. And I don't think we can call him... The most up-and-coming, like talented young driver anymore. That is not him anymore. He's yeah. an, he's almost getting to the point of old, overpaid fuddy-duddy who is just complaining about everything.
1: Yeah, he's dangerously close to that. Like the golden boy era. Twenty-four has passed.
0: million. I yeah, mean, that's twenty-four million. That is insane. Carlos signs should uh, launch a protest. It's fine. All right. Honestly, okay. twice as much as, as Carlos. That's fine.
1: Okay, and then. Um, Mr. 7-time champion Lewis Hamilton 35 million mm-hmm. and uh topping out the list Max Verstappen 55.
0: Yeah. And he should be 75. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean it's 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 wild. Because so going watching- back to the
1: Daniel Ricardo thing. Yeah, what's quick. he getting paid? So uh he's not on this list, right? Um and so Roll back a year, McLaren. About this time last year, says, you know, we're going to part ways. We're going to buy Daniel out of his contract. At that point, he, I, I believe he was making like thirty-five. Are you 30.
0: kidding? Oh my gosh! I knew it was. I thought it was just north of maybe it was twenty or fifteen. I don't know. Yeah, let me. We, look we should here.
1: we should double check the numbers, but I, I remember last reading something with a three in the front of it. Um. Okay. So they buy him out of his contract. You know. Uh. Sorry. Uh, good luck wherever you land. So then he gets signed not as a racing driver, but as basically a marketing asset for Red Bull as a backup mm-hmm. driver. Right. And s- six months after, uh, you know, his or, or, or about a year after the termination of his contract, all of a sudden he finds himself in AlphaTauri. Now the conspiracy theory is, is that there was a clause, uh, in his buyout of his contract that he couldn't just turn around and take another racing gig. And so Red Bull knowing that, um, they said, okay, come hang out for six months until you get past that date, so you can keep your 30 some odd million from McLaren, and as soon as we get past that date, we'll throw you in the Alpha Tower." That's the conspiracy
0: theory. Ha. Huh. so here's what I have numbers wise. the top of his the top of his earnings were 2020 when he was at Renault at 32. He took a pretty big pay cut to go to McLaren. you remember those? Okay? So he got 25 million for two years, 10 million year one, 15 year two. So that was the, that's where he's been kind of headed, I think. But I mean, like he would be in that top six paid guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because since twenty, he hasn't earned less than eighteen million or fourteen million since twenty nineteen, or since twenty eighteen rather, and mm-hmm. and even then, man, yeah, these guys have been paid insane amounts of dollars because he got to Red Bull and he was making five hundred thousand for the first four years and then suddenly got oh to a million gosh. and then he was a 6.5 for two years. And then he was six in his last year. And then he went Renault 17 and 32. So his top year was 32 million with Renault that one year in, uh, in 2020. So career earnings, $97 million. No problem.
1: Oh my! Oh man. Oh, Danny Rick. So we, we don't know what he's getting paid right now at Alpha Tauri, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Uh, interesting timing with how that all all ran down. And I, I could envision some sort of, uh, you know, you need to go on gardening leave. You can't just jump into another F1C. Well, uh,
0: we'll see how, we'll see how it works out with him money wise. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see where the money goes after these new contracts come in and new teams come in because, uh, there's there's just a lot there's just a lot there's a lot there there are a lot of there are a lot of things that this this sport has already blown up Dan and it it the salaries actually haven't even caught up I don't think yet uh because the best driver in the history of the sport making 35 million dollars this year is pretty low compared to uh eyeballs on the TV screen on these guys and Max like I said could easily be. Worth way more than that, uh, that 55 million that he's getting paid. what did you say, Sergio? Was five, uh, 12. Let me pull back up. I mean, it's it was uh, it's 10. 10. Okay, 10. Like the thing is, is when you're a driver, you know what those, you know what the differences are. You know what the differences are. Everybody knows, everybody knows. And so when right, they go, every, Oh, you're, you're not giving making. me preference on the track, it's like, Well, no, duh. We pay this guy 45 million dollars more than you, we pay you. We literally yeah. have way more interest in this guy like <laughs> we are not interested in you compared to him the team's great yeah
1: and it's uh, it's worth um reminding everybody that the driver's salaries are not included in the cost cap the cost cap is just fully developing the car and the driver's more like a con like an outside contractor and you pay him whatever you're, you you know you want so there's no ups there's no um uh upper limit on this right to your point as the sport continues to grow these contracts will as well and you know you think about like what is a top tier nfl or nba player it's right around there too but i mean there's only 20 guys in the sport to spread this around yeah, so yeah. uh i could definitely see these growing here uh uh to pretty insane levels
0: okay Dan, there's some Lewis Hamilton news that you were letting us know. Will he be available to drive this weekend? Considering he might be uh, on uh, on the lam. Uh, and oh, this on is the... Max. Max news. Oh, sorry, Max. Max is Max on the run from authorities in Monaco? Is that what's going on? He's hiding
1: out. Yeah, he's he's gained. Uh, um, uh, yeah, his status in uh, the Netherlands. They can't extradite him to Monaco. So yeah. If, uh, this the video went around social media. Max driving his Aston Martin Valkyrie. The Aston Martin Valkyrie is uh, was designed by Adrian Newey, uh, and it is. Uh, this is back in the era when Aston Martin and Red Bull were partnered up. Yes, Adrian Newey designed a car that was essentially a Formula One car that was street legal. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's completely insane. So it's got a it's, Formula One engine in it.
0: So it's basically. Do we what supercar versus hypercar? Is this hyper? I think this
1: is hypercar um, because it has the uh, hypercar is like when it also has an electric motor to it. So it's kind of like a hybrid power thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's got a full F1 powertrain in it. And there's like 20 of these things, right? Max has one of them. I'm surprised there's even 20,
0: (laughs) to be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Max, uh, video... Um, there was a video going around social media of a, an Aston Martin Valkyrie driving around Monaco and a bunch of people are like, oh, my gosh, is that Max Verstappen? Then later on, a video gets posted um, and it's from the driver, the passenger seat of the Aston Martin. And it's so it's uh, Max's buddy riding shotgun, Mm-mm. videoing Max and Max is driving and he seems to be going pretty fast through a tunnel. Hard to really get a gauge of how fast he's going. He's got headphones on, which I thought was interesting. That's and also weird. The more I think about it, it's <laughs> probably because it's just super loud in that car. And you need ear protection. Yeah um and so i think it was just like oh it's cool he's like driving around like he's driving a simulator well then it came out that there's some organization that monitors these like illegal activity posted to youtube and they are now saying that they analyzed the video and he was doing 120 kph in a 90 kph how zone how would they know <laughs> i don't know jeez i yeah, it's crazy. And so, uh, if that were the case, given where he was, and, and you know they're crazy about their speeding over there, that they would uh, potentially bring charges against Max for endangering the public safety. Listen,
0: we have NBA players that uh, only on your second offense of flashing a gun while you're driving is going to get you a 25 game ban. Oh. oh my God.
1: Oh, they got a John
0: Moran situation. There, yeah. there, did you speed on the road? How dare you? I mean, I got to respect the fact that they are trying to save lives. We have a hard time with it here. That's, I mean, definitely we don't enforce the speeding nearly as much as they do over there in Europe. They're all, how much money do you make a year? 55 million? Your speeding ticket is 10. $10 million. It's my be my con-
1: favorite part of all this news is the name of the uh, this uh, institution or whatever that is coming <laughs> after him. is called the General Directorate of the National Agenda yeah. Mary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? I have
1: no idea what that is, but that is the most European-sounding
0: yes. well, also, thing I've ever heard. When you have to have a name that li- that long, to make yourselves uh like get respect nobody respects you come on come on a group that that regulates uh if you're breaking the law on youtube on speed traps come on let's go that's ridiculous crazy uh well it's certainly going to be a fun weekend the possibility of rain gets me a little bit excited but uh dan more importantly f1 is back and it's underway again and we're back again and we can keep doing the show so uh thanks for hanging out with me this week man yeah, fun times. All right, uh, for Dan Jimenez, I'm Alex Kiri. We'll be back again for another race week. We'll break everything down on this race from this last uh, or from this weekend upcoming, and you'll be able to download that as well. So tell everybody about the Mode Push podcast. Uh, for Dan I'm Alex, see you next time, everybody.